Good evening, everyone. My name is Simon Barrett, and this is another edition of Journey into Justice, a chance to uh, explore some aspects of our uh, legal system that um, maybe people aren't quite as aware of as maybe they should. And as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, um, attorney and author, Mark Bellow. Mark, welcome to the program. Good evening, Simon. How are you? How was your week? <laughs> it was great up until today uh, when it just got a little wet. But, hey, <laughs> this is okay. Mississippi. If it doesn't rain at least twice a day, it, it, it would not be a normal day. I'm sure all of our listeners recognize your Mississippi accent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Now, <laughs> this week, um, I, I thought we'd go a little off the rails, and um, well, it, it's been all over the news. I mean, you you you, you can't even um, switch on the radio without hearing the word impeachment and I, I thought maybe we could delve a little into it I I, I know it's a, a, a word with a long history and um, it doesn't necessarily involve criminality um I, I believe the term in the Constitution is high crimes and misdemeanors. And let, let's face it, if you're having a barbecue, you burn a burger, you know, and you flip it over the fence and it uh, hits your neighbor on the head and he complains, um it's probably going to be a misdemeanor. I, I think it would probably be simple battery. Um, so, I mean, you know, hardly serious stuff, but it, it has different meaning um, when it comes to um, when it comes to impeachment. Well, why don't you fill us in, Mark? Give us the background. Well, it, it it clearly represents a far higher standard than we understand a misdemeanor to be in America today. Uh, the kind of incident you described where, um, oh, I don't know, somebody shoplifts uh and the crime is is an amount under uh the limit that makes it a felony stealing a piece of bubble gum uh could be a misdemeanor um, uh taking a swing at somebody but not hitting them it could be a, a misdemeanor assault so 
uh, misdemeanor as it as it's used in the Constitution related to impeachment um, is a requires a much higher standard than than uh, what we understand today to be a misdemeanor. Um, the U.S. Constitution uh, is the source of impeachment law. You mentioned that it had a, a long history. I, I would quarrel with that. I, it certainly has a long history in terms of being in the Constitution, but it has a very short history in terms of it being used. Uh there are very few public officials who have been impeached. Uh, uh, only two presidents have been impeached. Uh, one was about to be when he was, when he resigned, and uh, the current impeachment inquiry into uh, President Trump um, uh, could result in in perhaps uh, a, a third. Um, formal impeachment. Um, if you look at uh, behavior, um, it's kind of interesting. It's what frustrates me. Uh, I, I, well, before I before I go into that, and you cut me off whenever you want. I I tend to ramble on, but but before I go into that, I, I want everybody to know that for me this is not an issue of politics. Uh, this is not Republican or Democratic for me. I've voted both ways in my life. Uh, I've liked Republicans. I've liked Democrats. It depends on the candidate. Uh, in this case, uh, Republican or Democrat, I look at the behavior. And what constantly frustrates me as the House continues its impeachment probe is that they are now uh, focused on Ukraine and uh, the phone call that President Trump had with uh, the president of Ukraine, and they seem to be reviewing his behavior in a Ukraine vacuum. Uh, from my view, if you look at this from a legal standpoint and the various cases that have come before us, before this one rather, and uh, standards that have been discussed by constitutional scholars related to impeachment, The um, things that the president has done uh, prior to and subsequent to Ukraine um, are, in my view, much more important and should be considered as part of the probe. Uh, all of his potential high crimes and misdemeanors should be examined, not uh this this simple incident uh, uh about um, attempting to uh, 
uh, leverage uh, support for Ukraine to get political dirt on his uh, 2020 opponent. Uh, one thing we need to do, I think, and you kind of mentioned it in your in your beginning, is uh, examine the term high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, there are other criteria, treason, bribery, um, he might be guilty of both of those, but it's the high crime and misdemeanor standard that he's being examined under, and we probably ought to look at uh, that term in a legal context, as well as comparing his behavior to the other three presidents who got in trouble for their behavior in office. Yeah, now that, that you bring up a good point. Um I'm uh, young enough or uh, old enough depending on uh, how you view it to remember uh, Bill Clinton. And um or or before that Richard Nixon. Right. I, yeah, unfortunately I'm I'm old enough to uh remember him as well but I'm uh, there's two ways to uh, look at Bill Clinton Um, uh, maybe it's not good uh, practice to get blowjobs in the uh, Oval Office but you know should you get thrown out of office for can you, uh, you, can you say that can you say that in a podcast i didn't i didn't know that <laughs> oh yes yeah we we're, we're not right. uh, under fcc uh, rules <laughs> um, i'm <laughs> but I'm, i i i thought well let's I, let's talk about Clinton for a second cuz i i I promised that I would be uh, uh, politically neutral. Clinton was a Democrat. Um, Trump is a Republican. Uh, Andrew Johnson, by the way, uh, a few people know this. I don't know whether you do, Simon. But uh, Andrew Johnson was Abraham Lincoln's vice president. Most people know that. And he became president when Lincoln got assassinated. What most people don't know is that he was a Democrat. And uh, like Trump, um, is is uh, alleging, in his case, uh, his the connection to the two. Uh, and the Clinton case, his politics. Um, the Andrew Johnson impeachment was extremely political, and we'll get into that, if you'd like, uh, a little later. But you asked me about Clinton, and um, he didn't get impeached for uh, having oral sex in the White House. Um, a lot of people think he did, but he didn't. What he got impeached for uh, more technically, is uh, perjury. 
for lying under oath about um, the incident. And, of course, the problem I have with that as a lawyer is when you give testimony in a, in a civil deposition, or as a lawyer when you take testimony in a civil deposition, I, I'm not... I'm not poo-pooing the offense. I'm not saying it's not serious to lie under oath. It is. But what I am saying is that I have never taken a deposition in a civil case where someone hasn't lied to me. People lie all the time under oath. And the notion that uh, Clinton's lying about... um, having sex with Monica Lewinsky um, is something that is a, quote, high crime and misdemeanor is, in my mind, absurd, whether he's a Democrat or a Republican. Um, Actually, as I recall, it it all came down to uh, the definition of it. What is it? Well, that was uh, uh, correct. I mean, he he, he hedged on on, uh, the the definition of sex, essentially. The the argument was that, uh, to use your term, blowjobs don't count. Um, (laughs) When he he said, I did not have sex with that woman, he didn't say that under oath, but he was trying to imply in his testimony that that is not what he considers to be sex. Um, most people would disagree with that, but uh, the point I'm making, um, there's a term in my industry, the legal industry, called a perjury trap. And when you ask a married man under oath whether he had an affair, he's almost always going to deny the affair whether he's lying under oath or not. Now, you could argue that a president of the United States is above all that, and uh, should tell the truth, but I don't know of anybody who would answer that question honestly, unless, of course, they did not have sex with that woman. Um, exactly. <laughs> the the other the other thing that we ought to talk about, Clinton like Trump, and you know there is a political component to this. I'm not going to say there isn't, um, but very similar to uh, this Trump impeachment was. Uh, the political aspects of the Clinton impeachment. They were out to get Bill Clinton from the minute he got elected. And almost immediately, if you recall, he was uh, the subject of a special counsel investigation related to, I don't know if you recall this or not, but Whitewater. Here's the scoop. It was related yeah. to real estate deals that took place 20 years earlier. Right. It had nothing to do. 
it had nothing to do with with his presidency. It had nothing to do with anything he did as a candidate. It had to do with Whitewater 20 years earlier. Yeah. And the Republicans, the Republicans were in charge of the other two branches of government. And, well, I shouldn't say branches of government. The other two, the House and the Senate. The other branch of government is the judicial branch. I, I, I don't think Republicans controlled the judicial branch, but but um, not back then. But what, they what, do what now. What ended up happening? Yeah. What ended up happening though is the special prosecutor and the Republicans who were out to get Clinton clearly, as some would would say, the Democrats today are out to get Trump. Um, he kept expanding the investigation. And they couldn't get any dirt on Clinton. They couldn't prove Whitewater. They couldn't prove some of the other charges they tried to levy against him. Uh, and just before they disbanded the special prosecutor's office, the president was accused of having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. And he denied the affair under oath, as I indicated. Some in my industry would call that a perjury trap. And as a result of that testimony, which was false, giving the devil its due, the Republican House voted to impeach him for committing perjury and for trying to cover up the scandal. Now, my question clearly is, who wouldn't? have committed perjury and tried to cover up his crime under those circumstances. Um, that many, many constitutional scholars, Republican and Democrat, argued that none of this reached a constitutional standard of high crime and misdemeanors. But the Republicans politically disagreed, impeached him, and failed by a wide margin to convict him in the Senate. So the impeachment was quite political, very similar to the Johnson impeachment, even though Clinton, who knew they were out to get him, and that's why I think he was stupid for doing what he did, uh, even though he was guilty and even though he was stupid uh, in that circumstance, he knows that these guys are trying to get him since 1992 and he has an affair in the Oval Office and then lies about it. So uh, you could argue that he got what was coming to him. I just think that under those circumstances, impeachment was probably far in excess of uh, the appropriate penalty for the minor infraction of um, lying in a civil deposition and covering up an affair when you're a married man. Okay, I I can't resist. Um, his <laughs> um, his fault was. In my mind, a Mr. Wiener. (laughs) 
I'll write that down. <laughs> now, now, now we're getting into Anthony Weiner, I think. You're right. <laughs> oh, let's not. <laughs> but, that was clearly yeah, a Mr. Weiner. You know, it's funny. It's funny because it's not ha ha funny, but it's it's odd. If you think about it, I mean, I can tell you. I don't know if you know this or not, but I I can tell you uh, why Andrew Johnson was impeached and the political motivations of that. But the only president uh, in history that would have been impeached and convicted and actually committed a high crime and misdemeanor other than perhaps Trump is Nixon who didn't get impeached, uh, nor did he get convicted. He resigned. And he remains the only president to resign in office. Now, his misconduct, in my mind, clearly resulted, uh, or reached, rather, the level of impeachable behavior. Uh, if, If our listeners are our age, they will remember that during the 72 election, uh, unbelievably, because he was going to win by a landslide anyway, um, common burglars who had links or ties to the White House were caught breaking into the Democratic headquarters at the Watergate Hotel, and the incident has been infamously called Watergate ever since. Um, we've never discovered whether Nixon knew about the burglar in advance, but he was so paranoid about the effect that it might have on his presidency that he took an active role in obstructing the investigation into the burglary, uh, mainly because he was afraid that he'd get accused of spying or misusing campaign funds, um, and that's why he took an active role in obstructing the investigation. He was even caught on tape discussing hush money for the burglars, and he enlisted the FBI and CIA in attempting to stop the investigation. Um, Now, in 74... Two years after he was reelected, the House Judiciary Committee voted three articles of impeachment. Um, he was accused of obstruction of justice and abuse of power, and he was also accused of contempt of Congress for defying the committee's request to produce documents. The only difference is he resigned before the House could vote on the articles of impeachment. But if you look at those three articles of impeachment, they're very similar to what Trump is now being accused of. And if you look at Trump's behavior, uh, I think you'll see a pattern developing. 
Um, before we get away from this, these pr- these prior impeachments, um, the most famous impeachment in history, because it was the first, was Johnson's. Uh, I don't know where Clinton, um, where the Clinton impeachment will end up historically, but one we all learned about in school was the Johnson impeachment. What we didn't know was the details. All we learned was he was the, at the time, when you and I went to school, the only president to ever be impeached, which is why it was so historically significant. What happened with Johnson was there was a squabble over presidential power to hire and fire staff members. Um, the, the We were just getting out of the Civil War. There was a divide between North and South, between Republican and Democrat. Uh, Johnson was a Democrat, as I indicated, in a Republican administration. And suddenly, because of Lincoln's death, the Democrats were in power when everybody thought the Republicans were going to be in power. He fired his Secretary of War over issues related to um, Reconstruction, and Congress tried to pass a law that limited his power as president to hire and fire staff members. Basically, Johnson told Congress to pound sand, I can do what I want. Your law is unconstitutional. And that's why he got impeached. Um, It was completely political. He avoided conviction, by the way, by only one vote. Uh, In my opinion, the whole thing was a sham. Completely uh, threatened the separation of powers, and most subsequent Congresses have taken this impeachment standard much more seriously than uh, Congress did in the Johnson years, uh, as is evidenced by the fact that only one president has been impeached since, um, even though Nixon clearly deserved to be impeached. Uh, Clinton did not, in, in, in my reading of the Constitution and, and uh, literature and articles on high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, Nixon clearly did. Uh, so I think you have two impeachments that shouldn't have happened and one that should have. Which brings us to Donald J. Trump. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, um, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Trump. Um, yep. He 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 seems to um, you know fit the fit all the uh, all, all the standards for uh, being impeached. Um, but 
um, the Republicans, for the most part, you know, are standing behind him. Um, you know, sure that there's some cracks in the wall over uh, Syria, um, some cracks in the wall over uh, the idea of uh, holding the uh, G7 uh, meeting at his uh, golf course, although he's backpedaled on that. Well, he he threatened. He threat. He in fairness, he threatened to do that. He he backed off. So uh, that that the threat to do that is probably not an impeachable offense. No, doing it and profiting I, from I, it I mean, would be. Right. No, I, my my point is, he keeps doing really uh, dumb things, but the Republicans being dumb, have being dumb, being dumb, being dumb is not an impeachable offense. <laughs> well, I don't know, <laughs> but um, I I I do know that that there are cracks showing. Um, I I don't think the Republicans, as a uh, as a tribe, because we we are living in a tribal world, um, are, are quite as uh, dumb as people would uh, care to uh, paint them. Um, well, let's let's talk let's talk about. A little more. Let's give the public, our, our listeners, a little more history. Okay. Okay. Um, and as I indicated, the Constitution, Article Two, Section Four, sets forth impeachment. And you and our listeners should know that the whole concept of impeachment was something that the framers of the Constitution were talking about because they had decided that the president was going to serve a four-year term. And the question was, is a four-year term enough of a curb on bad presidential behavior Or did they need something that could end a presidential term term before four years was up? Now, no less than James Madison, who became president himself, he didn't think that a four-year term was enough. He argued that a loss of capacity or evidence of corruption would hurt our democracy more than removing a president from office. So he thought, he believed that it was, it would harm the republic unless we had a vehicle to remove a president during his term. Most of the Constitutional scholars agreed with him. The only dispute was what would the grounds be? 
uh, how and uh, what eventually resulted in the high crimes and misdemeanor sta- standard, along with uh, treason and bribery, um, is the result of that dispute. How serious did behavior have to be? Um, almost everybody decided treason and bribery were uh, should be part of the standard. Some suggested corruption should be part of the standard. Um, a couple suggested uh, a term called maladministration. Um, yes, as a I do term. like that. Uh, I I do like <laughs> that term. I mean, um, I, that that term obviously was was dismissed, as was right. corruption. By the way, um, high crimes and misdemeanors ended up being uh, the standard as an add-on to treason and bribery. And by the way, not only for the president, but for the vice president and for other civil officers like federal judges. The question is, what did it mean? Now, you probably know, and some of our listeners, maybe all of our listeners know, that uh, after the Constitution uh, was written, it had to be ratified by the states. And Following the Constitutional Convention uh, and prior to ratification, uh, Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay wrote a series of essays, which we know in history as the Federalist Papers. Right. And they wrote the Federalist Papers to... Uh, support their push to have the states ratify the Constitution. Uh, Hamilton explained in one of those papers impeachment. And he defined impeachable offenses. I don't know if many people know that. I'm going to quote what what he wrote. Impeachment is, quote, those offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, he was sexist, or in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public trust. Very important in my opinion, public trust. Mm -hmm. They are of a nature which may with particular propriety be denominated political. As they relate cheap, as they relate cheaply to injuries done immediately to the society itself. That's what he argued. After um, after Nixon's um, impeachment hearing, a Yale law professor by the name of Charles Black wrote what is regarded as a definitive handbook on impeachment, and he opined that impeachment should only be for serious assaults 
on the integrity of the processes of government or for such crimes as would so stain a president as to make his continuance in office dangerous to public order. Now, it's interesting because Black, when asked his opinion on Clinton, opined that Clinton's offenses were not serious enough. Um, And then they impeached him anyway. Now, again, you you kind of have made up your mind about uh, Trump's behavior. Um, uh, I think the investigation needs to play out, but I do have some examples of what I think might amount to a high crime or misdemeanor. If you're interested in hearing this. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, By the way, I mentioned the Ukraine and how I feel that um, the Ukraine situation uh, should not be evaluated in a vacuum. I don't mean to say that I don't think it's serious. I don't mean to say that um, it is or is not impeachable. What, what I'm talking about when I say don't look at that in a vacuum is I get the feeling, and I, you, can, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I get the feeling that the House, especially the House Democrats, think that the Ukraine incident creates their best chance of impeaching Donald Trump. They think it's well, the strongest well, case oh, under okay. the various standards we just discussed. Oh, okay. I, my, actually, problem, uh, my problem I, is... I, I agree with you and I disagree with you. Um, the problem, as I see it, for Dems is they need a package that is signed, sealed, and delivered. And uh, Ukraine seems to uh, fit that bill. I mean, it's easy to digest. That there's Except that there are those that are easily argue. You can, you can go off the rails. Um, making a, a wider case and certainly there is a much wider case to be made, um, merely complicates life. And you, you need to get the, uh, the, the people um, behind the movement. And if you make the case too complicated, people are going to go, oh, I don't know. I'm, all right. You know. All right. I, I I like I like that setup. So let's talk. Let's talk in simple terms. Um. And you tell me whether or not I'm crazy or or this is too complicated. Now we'll start with Ukraine. Um. 
and the term quid pro quo. I don't think I, I don't see how it could possibly be argued, especially after um, the chief of staff's uh, press conference, that <laughs> uh, the president's conversation with the president of Ukraine, uh, where he pressured him to investigate Biden, or he would withhold, he would withhold congressional um, financial support. Um, I think it's clear that uh, that that behavior, which has been admitted essentially by the president and his staff, uh, could all by itself um, amount to an impeachable offense, a high crime or misdemeanor. Um, but let's talk right. about some uh, of And it's people. in a simple package. Everyone yeah, can right. understand it. You cannot you you cannot abuse your authority by by taking your power over foreign policy and angling money to dig up dirt on your opponents. But again, right. before we jump to the to that alone, let's talk about some other things that he did. Has he threatened to impose policies that oh, let's let's say uh, uh, amount to an abuse of power. Example, he threatened Amazon in retribution for the Washington Post's criticism of him. And he basically said, Amazon will have problems if I become president. And then after he became president, he pushed the postmaster general to double rates (laughs) on Amazon um, shipments. And he had the Defense Department hold up $10 billion, a $10 billion contract with Amazon. Impeachable? Maybe. In To punish CNN for their, their negative coverage, he ordered government officials to block the AT&T Time Warner merger. Impeachable? Right. By itself? I don't know. Together, the three things... You know, may push it, may push us over the top. How about encouraging the NFL to blacklist Colin Kaepernick for exercising his First Amendment rights? Right. Is that oh. presidential? Is that is that a, is that an abuse of power? That's Mark. In, a, in addition, in addition to those, in addition to those abuses, he's also mishandled. Classified information. Yes. He made a big deal. He made a big deal about uh, about Hillary Clinton's email server, but he uses an unsecured smartphone to discuss classified information, and he uses his Florida resort as a White House to discuss 
sensitive information. He's reversed security clearance denials. Oh, Mark, you, you're preaching to the uh, converted. Um, He's used Twitter to, my, divulge, my, to divulge secret information. Right. My, my point was merely that um, if you have a small package and it's all tightly wrapped up, it's easy to deliver. There, um, there's a phrase in the law, Simon, there's a phrase in the law called the totality of the evidence. And I right. think in this, in this situation, when you, if you hang all of your hat, if you hang your hat on one issue, you could lose that issue. If you hang your hat on a totality of evidence here, um, and again, I don't think it's complicated. Uh, obstruction of justice has has does anybody think that he hasn't obstructed the impeachment investigation? He's instructed people to lie. He's instructed people to not show up. He's in, he's per, he's prevented Congress from getting documents. He's um, obliterated the separation of powers. And he's even used his pardon power to induce silence by proposed witnesses in front of Congress and gotten them to not show up by promising them a pardon. And don't forget the Mueller report. It contains multiple, it contains multiple instances of obstructive acts where he suggests pardons and he induces co-conspirators to lie and he withholds evidence from investigators and a variety of stuff, um, including negotiating with the Russian government to get a building built in Moscow while he's president. He publicly praised witnesses in the investigation to refuse to co- to cooperate. Um, he urged Michael Flynn to stay strong, which is code for shut up. <laughs> and he basically called witnesses who did testify flippers and traitors. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, that's not complicated. No, no, those parts aren't complicated. Hey, um, we've got about uh, 12 minutes left. Let's talk books. Um, tell me uh, or tell our listeners uh, about your books, where they can get them, and I'm just betting you have a book that uh, sort of talks about Trump, but maybe not. (laughs) Well, um, by the way, one more thing, very simple. He's refused to release his tax returns. Does anybody doubt the house the, the house has the right to demand them? No, nope, he no can claim he can claim 
He can claim that it's political, but he can't deny them the authority to get them. So, uh, and and by the way, a couple more things, and we'll get to the books. Um, how about sending Mike Pence to his resort in Ireland? Oh, how about oh, trying to hold I, the G7 summit in Florida? He, he just it, it's, I, it, it's 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 this stuff is so simple um, that you know I think I think uh, Congress should go for the smorgasbord, not not the um, not the single incident. Um, as to a book that relates to all of this, yes, I wrote a book uh, that I've recently updated and will soon be relaunched. Uh, the book was written during the uh, 2016 election. It's called Betrayal of Justice, and it is about a uh, presidential candidate who exercises um, his right to be a bigot, uh, and anybody who is not white and Christian uh, is on his radar screen for bad treatment. Uh, he is elected president on a platform of make America pure again and seeks to ban all Muslims from uh, immigrating to the United States and also seeks to deport all of those in the United States, whether legally or illegally. Uh, A white supremacist um, celebrates uh, the new president by uh, bombing a Dearborn, Michigan mosque. By the way, uh, I hate to backtrack, and I'm and I'm I, I'm not making the case for impeachment. I'm simply stating uh, facts, and the fact the fact is, like. Uh, my fictional president in 2016, uh, President Trump has encouraged and incited violence, uh, which is also a potential impeachable offense. There are multiple criminals over the last couple of years who have used rhetoric of uh, Donald Trump to justify their crimes, uh, especially crimes of violence against minorities. Um, the book, uh, Betrayal of Justice, this is my second book, by the way. Um, I've written six. Uh, four will be released, uh, re-released. Three will be re-released in November, December, the fourth will be released uh, early in 2020, and the fifth and sixth will follow. But the second book um, as I indicated, was written before Trump was president. So Trump didn't have to be the kind of bad guy that is depicted in Betrayal of Justice. He chose to be that guy. And any any similarities between the two men were caused by his behavior, not by mine. Um, 
the white supremacist bombs the mosque, and um, the young a young Muslim woman is accused of the murder. And Trump wants to make uh, Trump. <laughs> the president in in the book wants to make um, this case the poster child for his "Make America Pure Again" um, campaign, and that's the premise of uh, betrayal of justice. There's a, a book that follows it, "Betrayal in Blue," which is not a sequel but has similar themes in it and um, a similar presidential behavior. Uh, powerful stuff, if I may say so myself. Oh, I, I, I have read uh, a couple of them, and uh, I can genuinely say uh, you need to read these books. They're not only great stories, but they, they make you sit back and go, hmm, let me think about this. Hmm. <laughs> well, I tend, I tend to write about issues that are, that are current events in, in our country, and I try to write them uh, in, uh, and explain uh, issues and legal concepts in ways that lay people will understand them. Uh, so I don't think uh, anything in these books are written in a manner above anyone's head or uh, in in so much legalese that a person can't understand what uh, I'm talking about. But it, please um, go to markmbello.com. Um, sign up, subscribe to our website. Uh, you can probably get yourself a free book or a discounted book. Um, and if you think I've written something that um, is hard to understand or uh, is somehow incorrect or unfair, let me hear about it. Oh, Mark, um, we, we still have uh, five minutes on the clock, so we're not into uh, hurry-down mode. Um, what else w would you like to talk about um, in terms of impeachment or anything else? Um I, 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 as far as impeachment is concerned, I think I think um, we've covered it. Uh, I, I do want people to understand. You know, a lot of people think that Congress is um, is dra dragging this out or or uh, delaying the inevitable and what have you. And um, I want everybody to be. Um, aware that high crimes and misdemeanors uh, is and should be a high standard. 
um, if you put them in context next to the words treason and bribery, um, I don't know whether uh, our current president is guilty of treason. Um, the House investigators might know things that we don't know. I don't know that he's guilty of bribery. He has done some things that might be argued as bribery, uh, like offering people pardons in exchange for shutting up, like offering the president of Ukraine uh, financial support for dirt on Joe Biden. Um, So, I mean, those are serious things, and they might amount to treason or bribery. But the phrase other crimes, other high crimes and misdemeanors needs to be looked at as a high standard. So I do want people to understand that. Uh, The House is and should take its time and make sure that if they successfully build a case, um, if they are to successfully build a case, they need uh, to carefully go through the evidence. Uh, The only other thing uh, is I saw a couple of reports today about Felicity Huffman, who we discussed in the past, uh, and how she's getting along in in, uh, jail, and she seems to be doing okay. So I think the novelty of her being in prison is wearing off. And other other parents today apparently pled guilty and are awaiting their sentences in in that scandal. Um, uh, The only other comment I have about that case, because it continues to trouble me, is uh, people being tried and convicted in the press. Uh, We've discussed this before, but I want to mention it again. Uh, the actress Lori Laughlin has pled not guilty. And the press, every day, they discuss this incident, say uh, she's putting her freedom at risk. Um, uh, they basically criticize the decision to be innocent until proven guilty. Um, And they suggest that she's going to do more time in jail if she's convicted for not pleading guilty. Uh, I think that's outrageous. if, If we truly have a standard of innocent until proven guilty in this country, you're entitled to try your case. Now, let me be clear about what I'm talking about. A trial is expensive, and a criminal trial is paid for by the taxpayers. So if Lori Laughlin, who has significant assets, wants to try her case and prove her innocence and fails to do so and gets convicted... I firmly believe her sentence ought to be consistent with all of those who pled guilty. I don't think she should she should serve any more time than they do. 
what should happen to her, what would be appropriate, is that she put her money where her mouth is and pay for the cost of a trial. Her fine should be larger. But she has an absolute right to declare her innocence and make the government prove her guilt. And if she fails to do so, she should pay for the cost of the trial. She should not pay with her freedom. She should get the same type of sentence that every parent who pled guilty receives. Uh, Hopefully the public understands the distinction I'm making here, but I, I just get very frustrated with the media suggesting that someone should plead guilty Uh, for less time when that shouldn't be the standard. Um, It suggests that you're you're guilty until proven innocent rather than than the reverse. (laughs) Mark, I'm looking at the clock. We've run over as usual. Um, (laughs) That's because I I talked about I, I loved your uh, last uh, comments. Um, maybe next week that that's going to be uh, the subject. Um, let's uh, chew the cud on it and uh, okay. chat. Um, but, yeah, I, I see that as a great... Uh, hmm, uh, as a great discussion uh, subject. Okay, everyone. Um, this is Simon Barrett um, wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and safe week. We'll be back again uh, next week at the same, uh, same time, same channel. Join us. Bellow and Barrett as we uh, delve into the very, very interesting world of all things legal. Oh, I think I said that right. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) until next time, goodbye. Bye, everybody.